Well, welcome everyone. We have been in a series called Cliche. If, you, if you're just stepping in and, and you went to church on, on maybe Easter and then you, you, you just, you're just now coming back, it's fine. We've been doing a series called Cliche. And you and I say stuff that, that is weird or in trying to be encouraging or it just feels good, frankly, when you say it. We've been looking at some of the stuff that we say and whether it's right or wrong, looking at why we say it. But if it is a deeper level, let's learn about God. So in order to do this final week, I got to take you down memory lane. I got to take you down to a place that you have to remember. For those of you like, I don't want to go there. So, but you're going to have to go there. So this is simple. This should be uh, pain-free. Just, here's what I want you to think about just for, for a little bit. When you were younger and you got asked that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I just want you to reflect on some of the things that you answered. Just you're thinking now. You're thinking it's happened. Okay. Now, some of you, if you're like me, there's only... I have opposite lists. I, I said, well, here's the one thing I won't be. I'll, I'll never be a pastor. Like, I'm just not going to ever do that. That didn't work out. And I love what I do now. But, and so maybe you're like, you weren't specific. Some of you, you hate commitment. Like the word commitment makes you just a little nauseous. But, but you were a bit more, you were just noble. To where you're like, what, what do you want to do when you grow up? And some of you are like, I, I want to cure cancer. That's, that's good. That's what you're going to do. And some of you are like, I'm going to change Washington, D.C., maybe when you were a kid. Uh, we've, we've seen more strides in curing cancer than we have changed in Washington, D.C., but there's, there's hope. We have hope. Uh, but, but I don't know when you're a kid, because we really, it's fascinating. We don't ask adults anymore. Like, you don't go up to an adult. So when you grow up, when that's rude, you don't say that. But it's something that you and I have thought about, or at least we're asked, even as a young age, to process. And in other words, like, what are you going to do with your life? That's, that's the more brash Blunt way, like, like, so, like, when you're, when you're not mooching off your family anymore, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? Like, how are you going to make something of yourself? And that question led to probably a yearning somewhere deep inside of you, like, yeah, I need to do something. Like, I need to, I need to plan for my life. My, my wife, I'm going to tell a story on her. I, I have permission. My wife tells me that when she was younger, not only did she have a, a plan for her life, she scrapbooked it. Now, follow this, as in one day she wanted to be married, one day she wanted to have children, one day she wanted to have certain jobs. And so not only just thinking about that, she cut pictures out of magazines and put them into a book and put the book together. I, I am not at liberty to show you the book. You may not see the book. Uh, that ends in a fight with me. At home. It just doesn't go well. But, but there's this book, like literally, here's what my wedding dress is going to look like. Here's how many kids I'm going to have, all that kind of stuff. Now, now I need to give you a, a warning. Some of you, you're going to need to write this down. If you have such a book, do not show him before you're married because you will lose him <laughs> because you will freak him out. I learned about this book later on. <laughs> uh, but, but you and I have this tendency to think about the future, or you ought to. You and I ought to look ahead and be like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? How's this going to play out? What's my plan? What's my hopes? And then some of us did not draft our own plans because some of us were maybe insecure or, or even looked around and you like, well, that's how they're living their life, so, so I'm going to copy what they do. And so some of you were raised and thinking, okay, I know how life works. I, David, I know the plan. You, you go to school. Once you finish school, it, whether, whether it's just high school, college, master's, whatever, you, you do your school, and then, and then you get married. Then after you get married, you have 
two and a half children, which I've never figured that out, that half child. And so then you, you, after that, you, you try to succeed at parenting. You're like, okay, that's the next phase. We succeed at parenting and we succeed at our jobs. Then, then when the, the kids move out, you're like, okay, now it's time to transition. We're going we're gonna to retire and now we're going to spoil the grandkids. And so this is like the stages of life. And then you kind of end up watching Fox News and becoming angry. And that's the stage of life. That's what we do. That's how this tracks out. Some of you started with the news early. And, and so and here's the problem. I got a warning. Can I, I'm going to give you a warning. And in fact, I had already written my message. And I feel like God put in front of me a warning to offer to the whole church. And that's why I wanted to pause for a moment and press in on this. You see, you and I have a tendency when we're looking in the future, when we're looking at plans and what should happen and, and how it should play out, you and I have this tendency to compare what's going on in our lives to what's going on in someone else's life. I would say this is a natural human thing to do, where you and I naturally like, well, I want to get married and all my friends are getting married. What's wrong with me? And, and, and you begin to think because you're just comparing. You think that's natural. Like you're looking at a certain age that you're at in the season and like everyone else is. It seems like everyone else is. That isn't. And you begin to compare. And then you get into the, the idea of kids and you begin to compare jobs. We compare uh, what someone owns, whether a car, house, whatever. We compare. And I think all of us are guilty of this. If, if you didn't have to fight this battle, whoo, I'm jealous. <laughs> because I got to tell you that I've battled this. Constantly comparing what's going on in my life or, or what's not going on in my life with what's happening elsewhere. And that's, I got to give you a warning because this warning, I think, will help you and I. If, if you're in the midst of comparing your life, you're going to destroy some things inside of you. I love what one of our former presidents said, President Roosevelt. We, we, we named our dog Teddy. At first, it seems like a compliment to I thought if someone ever told me, hey, we named our dog after you. It'd be weird. Uh, but here it is. Comparison is the thief of joy. And most of us would be like, oh, that's what's been happening. <laughs> you wake up and you're just in a bad mood. And you, and you live the rest of the day and it's just, you're just sour in a sense with everyone or just, just at the day. And could it be, and let me just, could it be that your days are bad or, or lack joy? Because you're comparing your life, your plan with everyone else. And if you're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to press into the conversation of presidents that seems political. Let's go to the Bible. <laughs> Proverbs 14. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. You're like, envy's not comparison. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> and in fact, in other versions, it talks about envy and comparison is like cancer to the bone. See, that's why I think I, God wanted you and I to hear this, is that stop comparing everything going on or not going on in your life with other people. Because you and I would agree that we're not the other people. And no matter whether you want it for the good reasons or the bad reasons, comparison is robbing you. And I think you and I, if we back off a little bit, we're like, okay, I want to do this a little bit different. Well, then you and I can have a better conversation. Because here's what I think you're investigating, pressing into, is a cliche that I wanted to talk to you about. Here's a cliche. God has a blueprint for my life. I think that's at the root of what we're actually talking about, is this concept that, that you and I are born. I don't know your opinion about God, but most of us, I think, are pressing into God is real, and, and, and he sent his one and only son for us. And, and so, so God has this, this blueprint. If you're not familiar, by the way, with a blueprint, in other words, I'm talking about a 
one by one, item by item, very specific. Here's where you go. Here's how you do it. Here's the one job or the, here's the one person. Here's the one. And it's, it's like, follow this rule. It's blueprint mapped out everything. And if you were taught this, life has felt like a scavenger hunt <laughs> where it's constant. I don't know what God wants. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it's, it's stressful. It's super stressful trying to find out. Maybe you use the words like, what's God's will in my life? And you've taken God's will and, and you've translated it into that God has a specific blueprint for you. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's dangerous. It's super dangerous. If you think that there's only one choice, one moment, each moment for you that God's lined out, and if you mess it up, oh no. <laughs> Maybe you've read this in the Bible, though, and confused. Ephesians tells us this. Let me show you this. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Like, okay. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, that makes perfect Understand what the Lord's will is. So you and I, many of us, if you've ever read this verse, you're like, yeah, the Lord's will. And you've translated it. No one told you. You just kind of locked on to this. Is that the Lord's will must be a blueprint. As in, it is super specific. Do not mess up. And, and that's what this message is about, <laughs> is to help us understand this a little bit better. See, see there are blueprints in life. I, if you don't know this, we just, we just put together a, an east location. Everyone at east, hello. <laughs> and, and, and if you don't know construction, there's paperwork. There's plans. This is the project specifications, for those of you who like to nerd out on this, for the east location. Now, now, if you ever want just some great reading, I'll, I'll, I'll loan this to you. You're just like, ooh, that's going to look good. But in this is everything, all the specifications to that east location, what bolts we ought to use all the way out there. Now, now, what if I were to tell you, or some of you believe this, is you think that God's got one of these for you. It, where where it's, it's project specifications, David. And, and what if, if there's one of these, like, hey, I'll, I'll sell it to you. And be like, mm, what, what's your price? You name it. Can you imagine, can you imagine, some of us think this exists, is that God has some sort of a library upstairs, we'll call it, and there's a book on us that's a blueprint. It's so specific, it contains who you are supposed to marry or who you were supposed to marry. What job you were supposed to take. Uh, that turn you were supposed to make. That stop you were supposed to make. See, some of us, thinks that we think this actually exists. And I'm going to tell you, I don't believe so. I don't think the Bible unfolds it that way. And I think it's dangerous for you and I to believe this. And if you'll give me a second, I'd like to walk out like how this breaks down. If, if this exists for your life, if you have a blueprint, that means that you've got one choice, one option for who you're going to marry, one job that you should take. So let's talk this out. Let's say God's got one job for you, okay? Some of you have been wondering about this. Like, should I take this job? Is this what God wants me to do? Is this the one thing he planned out? Is this it? Is this it? Well, let's say that God has one job for you. Only you can do the job. However, the boss that's hiring decides to hire his best friend's cousin. Because there, there's a little bit of just deciding, like, we don't, we don't care who else is. We're, we're going to just go with who we know. And, and they don't hire you, but they should have hired you. I mean, you said it. You've told them they should have hired me. Well, then now the whole axis of the entire universe has been knocked off. Because now you're going to have to find a job that you're not supposed to have. So now we've got a massive problem. See, see, I don't know your view of life, but think about this. Think about this. Do you believe, and we've preached on this, but that some things happen that God doesn't want to happen. 
And if you believe that some things happen that God does not want to happen, then that whole blueprint idea explodes. Let's talk about marriage for a second. I know this is dangerous territory. Let's say that there's only one person that God made for you, as in there's only one option. So you, 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 you have pretty good game. You know, you're trying to make this happen. You see who she is or he is, and you're going to get excited about this. But someone else wins. They have a, a better line or a better, op- whatever. They look better than you. I don't know what it is, but they, they win, okay? Oh, no. Now you've got to marry someone you're not supposed to. And now the whole, again, the whole universe is collapsing. We're all going to die. And there's, there's, See, if you think there's only one, see, some of you think I just robbed all romance out of life. Like, you telling me that there are, are you, let me, help you, let me help you for the romance part. Let's say that God only made one person for you. Well, that means that here's how romantic this is. Hey, honey, you're the only option God gave me. <laughs> so you're here, I'm here. Or you could say, you know what? I know God has given me multiple options, but you are the best and I choose you. You're welcome for that. <laughs> see, I, some of you think I just robbed the romance out of this. But, but see, see, maybe this isn't you. Maybe you're like, okay, okay, you've gone other routes looking for the plan that God has for you. You've been hunting, scavenger hunt, looking for what God wants for you in your life, and you've gone a whole different direction. You're not copying other people. You're not just, just on a whim trying to decide, oh, you've gone a whole different route. Here's a route. Well, you've gone to where you've asked people maybe to, maybe to read your palms, and they look at your palms and like, like wow, you've got lots of wrinkles in your hands, and, and here's what that means, and, and here's what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do that. There's folks that will go to psychics and person they don't know and say, hey, hey, tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life. This is not new. You and I, all, we all know this. Uh, there's folks who will wake up, wake up in the morning, read their horoscope, and be like, that's what my day's supposed to unfold. That's what I'm supposed to do. There's even folks now who, who talk to someone who says that they talk to dead people. And you, then you take out of that and be like, okay, that's how I'm going to live. I'm going to take that advice that gives me peace. And i, I got to give you another warning. You see, if you're pressing into folks in ways that they need to read your palms for you to know what to do, Or if you're going to a person who calls himself a fortune teller, a psychic, and you're like, hey, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Many of us have been tempted to do that. But did you know that God warned us about this? Let me show you in Deuteronomy. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. That's for for Mother's Day. You're welcome. (laughs) Some of you are like, I considered it. uh." It's amazing where people used to be, but... uh, but, but watch this, watch this. And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. See, see this is, we got to press into this because I would say this is as common as it has ever been, where you and I are searching, what are we supposed to do? And I want to give you some warning. Here it is. Don't look for what God wants to happen through avenues God doesn't want to happen. This is pivotal. See, when you are hunting, when you are looking all over and asking God and asking your friends and your family, be careful that you don't try to discover what God wants to happen in your life in ways that he said, don't ever do this. 
Now some of you are like, oh, oh no, <laughs> I, I've done that. Well, well then take words like this and apply it and say, I'm not going to go that route anymore. And I know that you and I want to, we, we want to know what, what, we got, we're searching what, like, like God, tell me what I'm supposed to do. We, we get so entranced on the what, and I would tell you at first glance, we don't like the what. That whole what is so ugly to us or difficult to us. I mean, the Bible unfolds tons of what's. Let's talk about sex. Just making sure you're still awake. Uh, let's talk about sex. I mean, if you don't know this, you're like, I should have put my kids in the kids ministry today. I knew it. But if you're like, so how's that work? Well, I'm not going to tell you how it works, but I'm going to tell you the confines of it. The Bible tells us what to do. A husband should only have sex with his wife. Wife only sex with her husband. Anything outside of that, don't do it. Now, I know you and I are like, but, but there's these moments, these temptation moments. And I know culture shifts and changes and says, hey, this is a better idea. This is how I feel. But the Bible says, here's what. You've got to decide if you're willing to follow what. Let's go more offensive. <laughs> Let's go talk about money. See, see, when you and I seek what, when we're like, God, what do you want me to do? What is it? And he tells us all of these what's in the Bible, how to parent, how to lead, how to be a good employee. He gives us what's, but at first glance, we don't like the what's. Money's one of them. He says, here's what you do. Here's the what. Give, give back, return back to God 10% of what he gave you. Save some of it, and then you can live off the rest. The Bible says this is the what. And you're like, well, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. But then, then, listen, listen, some of us are so curious and desperate to know what God wants, yet we're unwilling to apply the other what's that we know. Many of us are desperate for God to say, here's what you should do. And he's like, hey, I'm way back here trying to get the basics applied in your life. And again, there's more warning in the Bible. God, make sure that you and I know about this. Proverbs tells us another warning. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. That's intense. More in Proverbs. There's another Proverbs verse. But since you, you refuse to listen when I call, and, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will Mock when calamity overtakes you. See, some of you are like, that's not the God I worship. Well, that's the real God. This what search, this what scavenger hunt gets pretty intense for us. And have you ever considered that maybe, maybe you and I aren't supposed to be asking the what yet? See, what if there's a better conversation, a more important one? What if you and I were to press in to a different word, which means a lot more? Here, here it is. What you do needs a why you do it. What if you and I are asking questions out of order? I've done this. I, I'll confess that right to you, that, that I'm a detailed person in that. I want to know the details. God, what are you going to do? When are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And oftentimes he pushes back. You're like, why do you want this? And I would say perhaps the why should be engaged before you and I get into the details. So, so I, I, I like humor. I know you know that by now. And so I like to, to watch comedians, and there's a comedian named Michael Jr. And I'm just having this moment where I'm just laughing, and then he got all serious, and I thought it was so powerful that you and I should engage in on this. And so I want you to tune into the screens, and I really want you to lock in on Michael Jr. as he talks about the what and the why. Take a look. 
So what I'm talking about today, a lot of times I get a lot of comedians from different places and they'll ask me about doing comedy and what they need to do to, um, to pursue a career in comedy. Or people, no matter what the profession is, I'm sure uh, Pastor Craig is people who walks up to him on a regular basis and say, hey, what can I do to become a pastor? People are always asking, what can I do? The key isn't what you do. The key is why. People always want to know their what, but the truth is, is all you have to know is your why. When you know your why, you have more options as to what you do. An example is this. Um, I am actually called to comedically, my why is to comedically inspire people to walk in purpose. My what looks like stand-up comedy. It looks like movies. It looks like being on late night TV, having my own TV show. I have a lot of options for what, but my why never changes. And when you understand, clearly, when you understand your why, your what has more impact. I have an example. Uh, one of my what's that I'm currently doing is I have a, a web series out called uh, Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, it's on YouTube. We, we throw them out on Wednesdays. And basically what break time is, it's one of my live stand-up comedy performances. Whenever I'm doing a concert anywhere in the country, in the middle of my show, I will stop doing what I'm doing and just talk to audience members. And comedy just kind of happens. Well, we're in Winston-Salem. I'm about to show you a clip. We're in Winston-Salem, and this guy, uh, I talked to him, and he said he's a teacher. And uh, it's, it's break time. We're sitting down. He said he was a teacher, and he teaches music. And I was like, well, uh, you know, can you sing? And um, check out what happens. So you're a musical director. Yes, cool. sir. All right, so... Um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow, that rock could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Once you give me the version, as if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know the version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the So the first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you understand your why, your what has more impact because you are walking in or towards your purpose. 
The key is to understand the why. So good. And, and see, you and I, and, and I don't, don't feel bad about this. Don't, don't find yourself digging yourself a hole going, oh, man, I've been so focused on the what. Don't, don't. Let's just turn the page and, and let's you and I say, okay, okay, the why, we've got to press into the why. The why is more critical than the what. And I know many of us focus on the details. We think the details are the most important because you and I want it. We think it is the answer. But that why, why you and I wake up, why you and I want to be parents, why you and I go to school, why we want what we want. Listen, if you and I press in and say, but why? What is my fuel to this? See, you and I are able to then accomplish a lot more for God as parents, as students, as married people, as bosses. If that why lines up and is more strategic, the what just kind of unfolds and takes care of itself. It's much easier, less stressful if that has any interest to you. See, that why can get plugged into just about anything in life. See, God did this for you and I. Yeah, let me go, I was, my, my favorite verse is John 3, 16. Let's just pick that apart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And we go on, like, oh yeah, we get saved. For God so loved the world. Why did God send his son? He loved us. I think the why drives God's interaction with us. That why is so important. I mean, if you need help with this, you're like, okay, okay. See, see for me, I, I have what's in my life. I'm a husband. I'm a dad, I'm a friend, I have a few, but I have a friend, I'm a pastor, and you've got different what's in your life, but my why, my why is simple, it's to show people who Jesus is, that when I talk to my wife and engage my wife, when I talk to my kids and engage in their life as a pastor, as a whoever, whatever I am, it's to show people who Jesus is, that's the why for us as a church too. And it's amazing that the fights that I start in our marriage that are my fault, <laughs> I forgot why. I've gotten into the weeds of the what and been consumed by the what. But if I just back up and be like, wait a minute, she's my bride. These are my kids. I'm going to show them who Jesus is. And so you and I have pressed so far into this. The idea that God has a blueprint that if you mess up one time, do you understand if God has a blueprint for your life? You and I broke our whole life by the age of five. We were pretty much done, okay? Here's what I believe. God has plans for your life. And I think plans are different than blueprints. Because plans can be adjusted on the fly based on if we mess up or if we do well. And if you and I are to look at it differently rather than, oh, no, God's going to strike me dead if I choose the wrong job, the wrong bride, the wrong whatever. What if it's better than that? What if there's a plan, a strategy that he had intended for you to live and he just wanted you to know why and that why would carry you? Now, some of you are like, oh, no, I, I've messed up my life, David. You don't know my story that precedes this moment. And I'll tell you something, and you better get this. If you mess up, the plan isn't ruined. If you mess up, because you will. And see, so many times our mess up, we think our mess up then disqualifies ourselves from all of life. Like, oh, I'm out. I'm done. 
I just, I just can't do what, what God wanted me to do now. Because you think this blueprint, if you mess the blueprint up, well, then you can't carry out the rest of it. And so, so you think that if you messed up, if, if your marriage didn't unfold right, or if you haven't been a good parent that day, or, or if you, you did something at school that you shouldn't have done, and, and we walk out in such a way thinking, I ruined it. You can't ruin it. I would tell you that if you press in and you're constantly looking, God, what's, what's the plan today? Why am I doing this? Then I, I don't think you're going to be able to ruin your life. I think if you're always pressing into God, he will guide you. Now, now that plan, it could get muddy. We're like, what's that? Here's, here's the best definition I could come up with plan. A carefully thought out strategy. If you want to know what God does have for you, it's a carefully thought out strategy. A game plan of sorts. Where he's got this direction he wants you to go some of us have have life verses i don't i don't know if you have a life verse uh, many of you might have this as a life verse it's called jeremiah 29 11 uh, let, let me show you this whole passage if you're like life verse, i don't know what that is that's kind of basically a, a statement from the bible that that we've gotten tattooed or put on the walls or we just it's the one verse we chose to memorize so uh, this is what the lord says uh, when 70 years are completed for babylon i will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. And then here's the kicker. This is it. You'll understand why people like this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. And, and if you missed my point, uh, I highlighted a few words that might help you. Uh, just trying to be direct with you. Uh, see, some of us get caught in a prosper. Give me that one. Whatever, the, I got that verse. And you want God to prosper you. And you miss the fact that God has plans for you. See, some of us have been hunting. God, what's the specific thing? And he's like, I want you to press into why. I want you to press in and get your why. I would tell you, there are unique whys. Your why might be different than my why. I mean, if you caught in the whole Michael Jr. clip, he had a specific why. You see, you, you, you might have a why, and that's what you, I think you need to press in. You, your prayer time, you're like, yeah, God, we got to talk. And, and your time you read your Bible, and maybe you're just journaling, you need to press in. God, why? Why? And I think he will teach you and press in. The what? Read your Bible. 95 plus percent of the what in your life that you're trying to find out, it's already in the Bible laid out. Here's how to do this. But that why? Oh, if we could be a church that woke up in the morning and lived out our whys. But maybe that is too far. I know in a, in a mixed group like this, we're not always certain. So this why, maybe like, how oh, what? I've been looking for it. The why, I'm not sure. Let's take one further step very briefly. Who? I would contend this. If you don't know who you are, It'll be very difficult to find the why and nearly impossible to grab a hold of the what. Who? The Bible lays it out clearly. You are a masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Creator. He loves you so much. He chases after you. He wants your devotion. He wants your time. He wants to be involved in your life. He made you. He loved you. You are a creation of the Almighty God. In fact, the Bible even says that when you choose to believe that Jesus died for you and you own that in your life, you become adopted into God's family. You become a child of God's. So maybe you're not ready to get into the other stuff. 
Maybe you had just forgotten who you are. But if you haven't forgotten who, press into why. Let, let, let me do this. I, I want us to bow our heads, close our eyes. Go ahead, everyone. Wherever you are, bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want you pressing in to God. I want you pressing into this moment where maybe you're saying, God, help me find my why. Or maybe, God, remind me of who I am. Go ahead, just privately, silently, have that conversation with him. your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Perhaps God nudged you and said, it's time for you to own who I want you to be. And you're ready to turn your life over to God and have him be involved in your life. You're ready to follow Jesus. And if that's you, let me help you just, just have this conversation with God and just do this privately. God, I turn my life over to you. I, I'm gonna follow you. And so I declare to you today, God, that I am yours. I believe in you and, and God, I ask that you forgive all of my sins and I just hand it over to you. If you're that person seeking the why, let me pray for you. God, for those seeking why, trying to define why, please give them wisdom and discernment to know how to do that and how to live that out. That help us all to be honest about what we actually hear from you to why we are to live our daily lives. God, I pray for our whole church and ask that you push us and fuel us to be a group of people that live out our why. We praise in the name of Jesus. Amen.